Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. We're back in the book of Acts. This is our last study today. Boy, hasn't this been an amazing um, study of of the early church in the life of Paul. Um, McGee makes uh, a point that the book of Acts is the account of the early church, but the book of Acts is still being written today. Uh, It's being written in heaven because the church is still carrying out God's work. So, in that sense, you and I get to um, continue the book of Acts. And it kind of makes you think, what are you doing? What am I doing today to continue carrying on the gospel message? Uh, We see this life of Paul and this commitment, this discipleship, this devotion to Spread the Word of God to anybody who can hear it. What an amazing um, you know, example for us to carry on the, the Word of God, um, to continue to write the book of Acts. Another famous preacher, Martin Lloyd-Jones, um, he made a point um, in some of his uh, sermons that there's just no better example of how a church should be than looking in the book of Acts, uh, of the faith and the commitment to prayer and to meeting together uh, and encouraging one another. So um, as we jump in here, we find Paul um, on this boat still. They had been adrift for, I believe, 14 days and, um, and nights. Uh, and they were scared for their lives, and they were scared they were all going to die. The sailors were trying to escape from the boat, um, but they cut the escape boats away so that um, all would be saved. So Paul, uh, verse 35, and when he had said these things, he you know, he, he was saying back up in 33, as it was about to dawn, Paul urged them all to take some food, saying, Today is the 14th day that you have continued in suspense and without food, having taken nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take some food. It will give you strength, for not a hair is to perish from the head of any of you. 
Verse 35, And when he had said these things, he took bread and giving thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. Um, so, it's um, it, my study Bible says it's not so much a s- celebration of the Lord's Supper, but it's more of a testimony to his faith in the God who was about to deliver them. Verse 36, and they were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. Um, we were in all 276 persons in the ship. So this is a big ship. Verse 38, and when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship, throwing out the wheat into the sea. All right, they're making, they're making ready to, to come aground. Verse 39, now when it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they noticed a bay with a beach on which they planned, if possible, to run the ship ashore. So they cast off the anchors and left them in the sea. In other words, they were trying to slow the boat down, right? At the same time, loosening the ropes that tied the rudders. In other words, they now needed the rudders to start steering the boat a little bit. Then hoisting the forestall to the wind. The forestall would be like a, a sail on the front of the boat to help them steer as well. They made for the beach, verse 41. But striking a reef, they ran the, the vessel aground. The bow struck and remained immovable. In other words, now the boat's sticking into the to the bottom, the sea bottom, which is probably a sandbar or a reef, and it's immovable. Now the waves are still crashing in this boat, and the stern was being broken up by the surf. The soldiers' plan was to kill the prisoners lest any should swim away and escape. Then that was the way they did it, because if they lost a prisoner, they're supposed to die. Verse 43, but the centurion, wishing to save Paul... In other words, he doesn't want Paul to be killed. Um, Kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and make for land, for the land. In other words, he takes responsibility for all this now. So the soldiers now, they're probably thinking about their own lives now. Verse 44, and the rest on the planks or pieces on the ship. So it was that all were brought safely to land. In other words, all 276 survived. Now we come to verse uh, chapter 28, and we see a little bit of his time on the island. So after we were brought safely through, we learned that the island was called Malta. The native people showed an unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and welcomed us all because it had begun to rain and was cold. When Paul had gathered a bunch of sticks and put them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. So, and McGee just made a point that you don't see Paul as some pious, you know, sort of apostle sitting around letting people wait on him. He's out there gathering sticks to build a fire. Okay? So, we need to sort of Sometimes get to work a little bit ourselves. But it just shows you the kind of guy Paul was. He's a doer. So he gets bit on the hand by a snake viper. And that's supposed to kill him. Verse 4, when the native people saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer. Now when a viper bites you, a snake bites you, 
one bite and he's the snake's gone but this snake's just stuck on his hand just pumping venom in him though he had escaped from the um sea uh, justice has uh, not allowed him to live. In other words, they have a sense of justice, okay? No big deal. This guy's escaped, but a viper bit him. He must be guilty of something, so he's going to die. Verse 5, however, I mean, excuse me, he, this is Paul, however, shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. Verse 6, they were waiting for him to swell up or suddenly fall down dead, but when they had waited a long time and saw no misfortune come to him, they changed their minds, and they said he was a god. Like, whoa, what's going on? Now in the neighborhood of that place were lands belonging to the chief man of the island named Publius. So that's probably a um, a formal title. But he's the chief here, who received us and entertained us hospitably for three days. It happened that the father of Publius lay sick with fever and dysentery. After Paul visited him and prayed and putting on his hands uh, on him, healed him. And when this had taken place, the rest of the people on the island who had diseases also came and were cured. They also honored us greatly. And when we were about to sail, they put on board whatever we needed. Okay, so um, after three months, this is verse 11, we set sail in a ship that had wintered in the island, a ship of Alexandria, with the twin gods as figurehead. Now, so in other words, Malta is on the way to Rome, and so they crashed on there, but after three months, you know, they, they come, there's another boat that is wintering there as well, and... Um, They've got twin gods as a figurehead. That would have been the twin gods of um, Castor and Pollux. Those are supposed to be the sons of Zeus uh, who protected the semen. So just to circle back, they, they're on Malta. They find this boat from Alexandria. They get in there, and then they... Uh, so they leave this little island, Malta... And McGee says that Malta was one of the most heavily bombed islands in World War II, believe it or not. Um, even as much as Britain was. But So they pounded Malta. Just a footnote there. So then they sailed northern, north and they hit uh, Sicily, which is southern uh, of Rome, and uh, the south of Italy um, proper. So Syracuse... They put in at Syracuse. We stayed there for three days, so they're kind of on the way now. Verse 13, And from there we made a circuit and arrived at Regium. And this is the northernmost part of Sicily, southernmost part of Italy. And after one day south, wind sprang up, and on the second day we came to Pretoli, which is um, on the um, western side of Italy, and uh, so this is uh, almost to Rome now, and so uh, so now they're uh, there. We found verse fourteen brothers, and we were invited to stay with them for seven days, and so we came to Rome. So now they're on land; they're walking north, and the brothers there, when they heard about us, came as far as the Forum of Apia, Appius and the Three Taverns to meet us. Now these are little. Um, Forum of Appius, and um, 
the three taverns, these were like little cities, I suppose, that were on the way to Rome, but then they came to find them. And I believe the Forum of Appian is on this highway called the Appian Way. It's sort of like a highway in in Italy. Um, a famous road. And so, um, on seeing them, Paul thanked God and took courage. And we came into Rome. Paul was allowed to stay by himself with the soldier who guarded him. Verse 17, And after three days he called together the local leaders of the Jews, and when they had gathered, he said to them, Brothers, so and then now he's in Rome, and he's calling, as he usually does, the local Jewish leaders. He goes to the Jews always first, and then he goes to the Gentiles. So, and when they had gathered, so he calls the local leaders of the Jews, and when they had gathered, he said to them, Brothers, though I have done nothing against our people or the customs of our fathers, yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. He's sort of introducing them to his situation. Verse 18, When they had examined me, they wished to set me at liberty because there was no reason for the death penalty in my case. Verse 19, But, because the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar, though I had no charge to bring against my nation. For this reason, therefore, in other words, he had no charge to bring against Rome. For this reason, therefore, I have asked to see you and speak with you, since it is because of the hope of Israel that I am wearing this chain. So Paul's still in chains now. He's a prisoner. The hope of Israel my study Bible says that's the hope of the coming Messiah. So the hope of Israel is Christ. That's our hope. And it's because of the hope of the Lord Jesus, which is the resurrected Jesus, that he's wearing this chain. Because the whole thing is the disagreement that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. That was the original disagreement with the Jews. They couldn't believe it. Verse 21, And they said to him, We have received no letters from Judea about you, and none of the brothers coming here has reported or spoken any evil about you. But we desire to hear from you what your views are, for with regard to this sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. Okay, so... In other words, they don't know anything, but they want to hear Paul's version about all this. Because they know that there's a lot of commotion. And these guys are the Jews, you know, and they're trying to uphold the Old Testament. You know, that's probably where their most their comfort zone is. So Paul's getting ready to blow the lid off of it again with the, with the gospel. Because that, it upholds the Old Testament but it's more to fulfill the Old Testament in Jesus Christ. So, verse 23, When they had appointed a day for him, they came to him at his lodging in greater numbers. Okay, so they're bringing everybody to hear Paul. From morning till evening, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. Okay, so he's telling them everything in the OT, everything in the Old Testament, is pointing to Jesus. Verse 24, And some were convinced, 
by what he said, but others disbelieved. Isn't that what happened to Jesus? Some were convinced, some disbelieved. Isn't that what happens to us today? Some believed and some do not. Verse 25, And disagreeing among themselves, they departed after Paul had made one statement. Here it is. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet. Now he's quoting Isaiah to them. Go to this people and say, You will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. And turn, another word for turn is to repent. Repent means to turn. And I would heal them. He quotes Isaiah to them. He's like, this prophecy was about you in your disbelief. Verse 28, therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. Okay, He's telling them that this Salvation of God now is a message for the Gentiles. That must have just, I mean, for a lot of them, it was, it was beyond what they could even hold on to. This is truly God's message here, this gospel message. And we see like the ultimate completion of the Jews hearing this message in Rome and so many were just as put off about it as the Jews were in Jerusalem. All right. Verse 30, he lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. So Paul is a doer and he's paying his own way. He's he's living there at his own expense and he's but he but he can't go anywhere, so people have to come to him and he teaches them. And my study Bible says that this is sort of his first Roman imprisonment and um the church historian uh Eusebius um had written that Paul was freed from confinement and carried on a further ministry until he's until he was arrested in place in a second Roman imprisonment at which time he was martyred but um Paul's time in prison was not wasted for it was during his Roman imprisonment that he wrote the letters to the Ephesians Philippians Colossians and Philemon and the time after Paul's release from his first imprisonment would be when he wrote 1 Timothy and Titus, and he probably wrote his last letter, 2 Timothy, during his second imprisonment as he awaited execution. Wow, the life of Paul. So we're ending here, and I believe uh, our next Bible study starts off with the book of 1 Samuel back in the Old Testament. So we'll stop here. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. I've certainly enjoyed this book of Acts. I hope all of you have as well. So 
from me to all of you, as always, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. And as always, our prayers go up for sweet Emma and sweet Jean. God bless you all. We'll see you here next time.